how many times have you said something just not, like I should just go do this? And then I got in the car that day and I thought, I really should go do this. Like, no one else has done this. This is crazy. Welcome to No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis. Each week, we're talking to women playing at the top of their game. So how are they doing it? Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. Joining me today is a woman who found her entrepreneurial calling thanks to an insatiable curiosity and an addiction to diet soda. 13 years ago, when she left her executive-level tech job and was trying to find a new gig, she also decided to get healthy, cutting loads of things from her diet. Her biggest challenge, though, was that Diet Coke. And her experimenting with other alternatives, waters with flavorful essences in them, became her business. Since its launch in 2005, Hint founder Kara Golden has been named among Fortune's most powerful women, Forbes's 40 Women to Watch, and Hint has been named Best Flavored Water by Health, Men's Health, and Self magazines. Kara Golden, welcome to No Limits. Thanks so much, Rebecca. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you about your story. You grew up in Arizona. Yep. Did you want to be entrepreneurial as a kid? Were you having the lemonade stands and things like that? I was having the lemonade stands, certainly, but um, I never really viewed myself as an entrepreneur. But in hindsight, you know, looking back at sort of what I was doing growing up, I think I was clearly trying to solve problems and you know, look at industries a different way. And I was always saying, I wish there was this uh, and deciding, well, if there isn't that, then I need to go develop it. So I remember developing a lemonade stand when everybody uh, had their typical lemonade stands. And I was developing a lemonade stand that was enclosed out of a box. <laughs> and so I remember like going to all my neighbors and asking them to save all of their appliance boxes so that I could create a box that actually covered me from the sun. And so I had, you know, ideas for lots of things like that where I look back and say, gosh, that was just preparing me for, you know, what I do today, which is just trying to figure stuff out because things haven't been created yet. Your father was in the food industry. Yes. He worked at ConAgra, and that was a huge, a huge reason, ultimately, that Hint became a thing, that you yes. even started thinking about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I was the last of five kids, and my mom decided to go back to work after I was born. And instead of my dad actually learning to cook, my dad was working inside ConAgra and decided that he really didn't like uh, TV dinners that were the typical, you know, mystery meat TV dinners that were available in the frozen food section. So he decided, what if I develop a better tasting, better for you TV dinner, which was healthy choice. So he uh, worked on that. And uh, I watched that all get created. And I never really realized the impact that it had on me. Uh, I didn't go into food right away. I ended up going into media and then went into tech and then came back to food. You studied communications in college. Were you planning on using it for something specific? You know, I always thought journalism would be really fun and still think it would be really, really fun to do. Uh, but I was I was really not sure what exactly I wanted to do uh, with that. And, you know, I think anybody who 
is in college, who is like looking at, you know, your major. I mean, the most important thing is, are you learning something along the way? And I still look back on my experience in journalism as a place where I learned lots of things, not just about writing, but also about communication and, and um, you know, ultimately how to write a business plan and uh, be able to, you know, really take that into sort of what we're doing today. It's okay if you're in college it's, it's and you okay. don't have the exact clue about what you want to do with it. Absolutely. And if you don't end up using it. I mean, I was a minor in finance and uh, using, you know, those minimal financial skills that I learned in college as well. It doesn't mean that just because you're minoring or majoring in a certain subject, you definitely have to do that after school. But I've always had this mindset that you have to just keep learning along the way and trying to figure it out. And um, I, I also have a lot of trust in sort of what happens, you know, day after day without sort of thinking through exactly, you know, gosh, what's going to happen next week, I think. You're not one of those people that in the moment you're worried about what's going to happen in the future. You're living in the moment. I'm living in the moment. I'm definitely thinking about it. But if I don't have all of the I's dotted and T's crossed, it's okay that I believe it's all going to work. You figure you're going to be able to figure it out or someone around you is going to be able to figure it out. Well, or that it's just going to happen. Well, that's a really optimistic point of view. A lot of faith in knowing that you know, this is going to work out. So you go from media, you work in technology, you work for AOL. What was the moment where you decided, I'm ready to leave? I can break ways with the job that pays me and start something. Yeah. So I took a little bit of a break. Uh, I have four children. And so took some time to kind of get my arms around that whole journey. And uh, shortly after my third child, I started really starting to focus on myself and my health and making sure first that I was losing all the baby weight, that I was, you know, doing, um, having some time for myself. I was uh, working out 35 to, you know, 45 minutes every single day. I was, you know, really trying to, you know, get myself to, you know, the point where I wanted to be and finally lost the baby weight. And then, uh, and then really looked at myself in the mirror and said, gosh, you know, I've lost this baby weight, but I'm still 50 pounds over where I was in college. And so who am I kidding? And I then really started to look at everything, not only that I was doing from an exercise perspective, but also from an eating perspective and drinking perspective. Went to a number of different doctors who all basically said, your hormones have changed as you're getting older, you um, you, you know, this is what happens after you have multiple babies too close to one another, all of these things. And um, they were all willing to give me lots of medication to sort of change this, which mm. I didn't really understand why they were proposing this versus actually looking at exactly what I was eating and drinking. So prior to taking these medications, I decided, let me just go in my refrigerator and actually figure out what exactly I'm doing there first. And possibly I'll go to the medication after that. But let me really dissect what's going on there. And Diet Coke was the thing for me that was consistent in my life. And I had a love affair with my Diet Coke. And it was um, something that I would drink every day. And on sort of a bad day, it was like eight uh, Eight cans cans a day. And on a, on, bad a, on a bad day, on a good day, I would have like 12 cans a day that I would wake up in the morning and like what? really get excited about, 
you know, popping that can open. And sometimes it was a fountain soda that I would, I remember going (laughs) to AOL when I was like, okay, I got to think about something. And I'd walk down to the cafeteria inside the company and I would go and have, you know, a fountain diet Coke. And that's how I thought about things. And, you know, in hindsight, it's an addiction, right? And it's an addiction, not just to sugar, but also to sweet. And so in the case of Diet Coke, I mean, that was at that point NutraSweet. And, uh, and, you know, today I look at a lot of the other sweeteners that are on the, on the market. Probably the most popular one is Stevia today. And I tell people that all those sweeteners were doing for me was really encouraging me to crave sweet. So every time I was having a Diet Coke, like an hour later, I would say, gosh, I'm hungry for something Okay, I need something sweet. So once I figured out that that diet soda was the thing that was kind of the issue for me, I was like, and I wasn't even positive initially, but I just got rid of it and I started drinking plain water. And how tough was that though? Because I think was, for a 12 can a day yeah. habit to just say one day cold turkey, and it really yeah. was cold turkey it was for you. Totally cold turkey. So no more buying soda in your home. No more buying soda. And you do what? And so I'm drinking plain water and, uh, and you know, when I thought about maybe I drink one a day and my husband like sort of teased me and he said, no, like if you're really going to cut it out, like you should just like throw it all in the garbage at this point. And I was like, I wasn't positive that I could do it. And frankly, like, I don't even think I told anybody that I was just going to do it. It was, you know, a contract with myself that I was going to just throw it in the garbage just to see. And so... Two weeks went by, and um, the other thing I should mention, I had gotten adult acne, which was something that I had never had in my whole life, and all of a sudden I had this adult acne, and so the adult acne after two weeks had just totally cleared, and I thought, wow, this is really crazy, and then my pants were starting to fit a little bit looser, and I was, like, really excited, and finally I'm in the bathroom one day, and I see the scale, and I'm like, oh, just out of curiosity, I'll get on the scale and see what happens, and so in two and a half weeks, I had lost 24 pounds, which is totally unusual for that much weight loss, but it was, like, insane that just by giving up the diet soda, I had, and, and converting myself to drinking water... I had, you know, changed myself. And that was the only change you made. The only thing that you really did over that time was no diet soda. So, again, like, I think, like, I had been little cravings along the way that I was, like, grabbing, you know, along the way. And those had really stopped because I just wasn't as hungry anymore. Now that I was just drinking lots and lots of water, after I had been living this way basically for three months and I was telling my friends, like, this is so crazy, I gave up Diet Coke and all of a sudden – like my world has totally changed. Um, that you know, it was amazing because I don't think people really even believed me that I was like that was all I was doing. They were like, "Come on, like, are you working out more? Do you eat anymore?" Like all of these comments. And at this point, almost three months later, I had lost almost fifty pounds. And wow. exactly, I mean, it was crazy. And I was surprised too, and sort of questioning what exactly is going on. And I think. You know, again, like that's not typical, that's not normal. But for me, my body had just done this crazy reaction to sweeteners over over time, which was insane. So, 
So basically, I um, I took this this idea that I had of you know I just I was never a water drinker, and so I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in water to get myself to drink more water, and was doing this for about a year, and then ended up going to Whole Foods one day in San Francisco and joking around with the guy stocking the shelves. I. You know, as I say now, I probably had way too much time on my hands. I'd been <laughs> working crazy hours in technology and and finally, like, went to the shelves and said to the guy, like, okay, I want a water with just a little bit of fruit in it and no sweeteners. And he pointed me to some of the waters, the so-called waters that were on the shelf. And we read labels and everything had a sweetener in it. Mm. And so I thought, no, I don't want to go back to having sweeteners in my water I want water that just tastes better. Let me stop you there. Yeah. Were you on this trip to Whole Foods? Were you doing market research? Were you were you at the point in your life where you were saying, I'm going to create something, I need to find something? Or was this just all dawning on you it as was, you're doing it? It was totally dawning on me. And I was just, I was just like researching it. And then something just came out of my mouth one day when I was talking to the guy at Whole Foods. I said, you know, I should just go develop this drink for you. And he said, how do you know how to do this? And I said, I'm just kidding. I, you know, like, I mean, how many times have you said something just not, like I should just go do this? And then I got in the car that day and I thought, I really should go do this. Like, no one else has done this. This is crazy. And so I came home and I told my husband, I, I told my husband about my conversation. And he was like, oh, I'm sure it's like in a market somewhere. You just do like, some research. Yeah, do some research. And, you know, there's a lot of stores, Kara, beyond like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. I'm sure like it's in some natural food store or whatever. So I spent the next six months traveling, you know, wherever I was going. I'd go into the local markets. I'd look, go into the natural food store, the vitamin stores, whatever, and looking for this product and could not find this product. So finally went back to Whole Foods again, and I said, remember me, crazy lady, you know, is bothering you? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. I said, I'm going to develop this product, and if I do, will you put it on the shelf? And he said, yeah, you know, it sounds really wow, interesting. Wow, that sounds easy. put it on the shelf. Yeah, no, I mean, it was really... I, I can't imagine that many people walk into Whole Foods no. and say, um, if I develop this thing, will you put it on your yeah, shelf? Yeah, no, they say I mean, yes. it was really meant to be, and that's what I mean. Like, it was just really... I like I I don't think it's typically that easy but for whatever reason it was just really like it, the stars were kind of aligning when I went into Whole Foods that day and then I left Whole Foods and I said okay now I've got to figure out how to create this product and the funniest part about the story I think was that um then I was I was feeling really tired and I just felt a little bit off and uh and I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on and then I realized that I could possibly be pregnant. And so I went to the local drugstore and got a pregnancy test and ended up being pregnant with my fourth child. And so I came home and uh, told my husband that I am going to launch this beverage company and I'm pregnant with our fourth child. <laughs> and like, where do you want to start? Where, where did he like, say? Which conversation? Well, and he what was did he like, say? This is crazy crazy on so many levels. I'm like, which one? Like, which one do you <laughs> want to talk about first? And I just said, look, what I've realized is that I've been fooled for so many years by 
all of these products that are calling themselves healthier and better for you, like diet and, you know, vitamin and, you know, all these different enhancements, fresh squeezed. I mean, you name it. It's just been a big marketing ploy and it's not really helping me to get healthy. So I feel like in addition to launching a product that is just going to help people drink water again, we could actually change health in America by helping people really eliminate their need for sweet. And that's been the mission from the beginning and still is today. So I decided my timeline at this point was launch the product prior to having my son, Justin. So you, you literally have an idea that you know you need totally, to launch. Yeah. You've, you've got nothing more than the idea at this point, and you need to do it within eight months. Yeah, and actually less. It was six and a half months because I was much further along than I thought. So it's six and a half months Wow, having a planned C-section, so I knew my drop-dead date. Between the conversation with your husband, I'm pregnant, and by the way, I want to start this company, what's the next thing you do? So I had been boiling down fruit in the kitchen and basically taking, I'd found that by cutting up fruit and putting it into a pitcher that after like a day, it looked sort of nasty in the refrigerator. So I started taking fruit, throwing it on the stove, boiling out the water out of the fruit, and then taking like a medicine dropper and taking a couple of drops of the fruit and throwing it into a bottle. So that was what we were doing in the initial stages. And then... Uh, I found a a manufacturer in Chicago, actually, that was a female-owned manufacturing plant that would actually talk to me on the phone and wouldn't think that I was half crazy when I was like saying I had this idea. You called your fair share of manufacturing bottling companies. And it was like, you know, they wanted a certain number of minimums and they, you know, wanted somebody with some experience in this. And, you know, they wanted to hear that I had worked at one of the big soda companies and there were like lots of criteria that they had. Finally found someone who said, fine, come here to Chicago. And, uh, And my husband was in between jobs. And I said, by the way, can you come with me to Chicago? Because I'm, you know, this pregnant lady that's walking into a bottling manufacturing plant. And I don't know how it's all going to go. And so he came with me and saw the initial bottles rolling off the line. And, you know, he said, I really get it. Like you could actually, again, change people's idea about what health is just by helping them to have a great tasting product. So um, so he was so funny. We, uh, we delivered the product, the initial 10 cases, the day that I was delivering uh, my baby wow. in the morning. And the guy who was stocking the shelves at Whole Foods was like, I wasn't really serious about <laughs> actually putting it on the shelf. I thought we were kidding. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, don't tell me that. Like, I'm delivering a baby in two hours from now. <laughs> you have to do this for me. Like, this is, like, so critical. This and sounds like a Tony Soprano no, to me. Like, it was, it, uh, there was an agreement. You stock your shelf with this stuff. And so, you know, my, my husband was, like, hanging out in the background saying, I don't know how she's going to pull this off, but let's, like, see how this whole thing goes. And so he said, OK, fine, I'll do it. Like it was probably yeah. to your advantage, nine months pregnant, Completely. walking in with ten Completely. cases, saying you need to you Completely. Need to use this and stuff. so he's and so he was so funny about it, he was just laughing. And honestly, like I didn't know if he was really gonna do it or not. And so I go and deliver the baby and then we get a phone call in the hospital a day later and uh, my husband picks up the phone and uh, the gentleman from Whole Foods said the ten cases are gone. And and so I said 
give me the phone. Let me talk to him. And I said, who took the cases? I still didn't believe that somebody bought them. And he said, no, someone's bought them. They're gone. And like, do you have any more stock? Because I can't hold this open space for you for long. And obviously, there's a market for it. And so I checked out of the hospital and we went home and made some product in the kitchen, which, you know, we had done in prototypes. And then my husband delivered the product for me because I wasn't allowed to drive at this point. So I'm still in bed. He's like delivering the 10 cases and he comes home and says, hey, um, you know, I don't want to just be the husband that like delivers your cases for you, P.S. And uh, he's an intellectual property attorney, like not was not like doing this, you know, as like he jumped in just because he was supporting me. But he was like, this is not really what I want to do. So if you um, ultimately want me to help you, then like you need to give me business cards and like a title (laughs) and the whole thing. And so I was like, awesome, like be whatever you want to be. So he jumped in as chief operating officer that day and still is our chief operating officer today. So he and I work together um, in addition to having four kids together. This is now more than a decade ago that all of this got started. What was the first moment where you felt like you might be in over your head? So six months into launching, uh, you know, it was selling really well. I tell other entrepreneurs, I mean, in those first couple of months of having it at Whole Foods, we we limited the amount of cases that we would actually sell into these stores. We were in only a handful of stores in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I wanted to limit it mostly because we didn't really have a shelf-stable product at that point, and even a juice at this point. Like, you need at least three months. Like, we were lucky if we had six weeks. And so we were super concerned because we're using real fruit. We were super concerned about a growing mold. And so we would, like, only sell them 10 cases at a time and have really, really small batches. So after, like, six months, we really couldn't figure out how to actually produce a product that had a longer shelf life without putting preservatives in it. And I really didn't want a product that had preservatives in it in addition to um, the sweeteners. I didn't want any sweeteners in it either. So I, uh, a friend knew somebody senior at one of the big soda companies and said, you should really, like you guys have good distribution. It's selling. It's a great idea. You should really phone this gentleman and, and see what he has to say. And just in a weak moment, I get on the phone with this guy and I said, listen, like so appreciative of your time. And, um, you know, I've got this great product and it's selling at Whole Foods and I'm a tech executive. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know about distribution. I mean, a million reasons why, like, I shouldn't be doing this company at all. And you can just have it. Like, I like I'm not even that interested in like trying to figure out how to do all the stuff and basically laying out all of these problems for him. And you were offering your product essentially for free to one of the big soda makers. Yes, the company, which, you know, P.S., worldwide trademarks on the brand name Hint on drink water, not sugar. And I said, you should just have this company. And his response back was, sweetie, this company will never work because Americans love sweet. And my response was, I remember taking the phone away from my ear and thinking, did this guy just call me sweetie? Mm. Like what, like who is this person that he's like saying this to me? He's never met me before. And then 
maybe unlike how other people would respond at this point, I came back to the phone and I continued to listen. I probably missed a couple of minutes of what he was saying because I was so shocked. And then I thought, I have runway to actually go create this product because a major company has just told me that he doesn't think the way that I think. They're not paying attention. They're not paying attention, and they don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I need to go, and I need to put my foot on the gas, but I have a little bit of runway to do it because they aren't thinking about this. Yeah, it's nice to know that the big guys are not nipping at your heels in a category like beverages, which is, you know... The, the, the big guys swallow up the right. little guys, right? And they also crowd you out totally. on shelf space totally. constantly. So you figured out how to keep it from yeah. um, going bad. We started playing around with temperatures on the product. And heat is how we get a great shelf life today. I mean, we have almost a two-year shelf life on our main product tin. And, um, and that is all done with, you know, a pasteurization, pasteurization process of, of heat, but not using additional chemicals to do that. So it was really once we figured out that my life was a lot easier because we could produce, you know, not, not as um, many times mm-hmm. in, in order to figure out the shelf life. We could do it a few times per year at that point. So how do you elbow out the big guns? How do you get to the point where you have shelf space next to them? Yeah. So, you know, it's been uh, we're nationwide now. And uh, and it's interesting. We've built this company with uh, no distribution from the large soda companies, um, which a lot of, you know, my friends who are in the soda industry have felt you know, it's amazing that we've been able to do what we've done without them. I think that the challenge with uh, conventional grocers for any, you know, food or beverage company is that they all have um, some sort of real estate deal with all of these companies, and they're doing whatever they can to really, you know, block products like ours from actually getting any type of shelf space. So two years ago, we decided to really go back to my roots um, from AOL when I ran e-commerce and launch our own e-commerce initiative. And that business today is almost 40% of our overall business. And we send product direct to home um, and direct to home, direct to office, whatever. And I mean, that you know, I think today consumers aren't choosing to go into grocery stores as much. They are choosing to buy fresher things that are better for them, and they're willing to just go online and buy it. We're in a lot of tech firms like Facebook and and Google. There's a lot of people that don't know about Hint or don't drink Hint yet, but the consumers that are drinking it are drinking anywhere from 6 to 10 a day. So that kind of volume... Who wants to carry that home from a store, too? So they want to buy it online. They want to have it shipped to them weekly, monthly, whatever. And we're willing to do that for them. You've also expanded now into the sunscreen market. I'm looking right now at your Hint Grapefruit Sunscreen Spray, SPF 30. What's been the toughest lesson you've had to learn? So I think, um, you know, we haven't followed a rule book. And I think that that that's a big point of difference between us that, you know, when we've had people inside of our company who have been executives, previous executives from, you know, the soda companies or food companies, they think like you have to launch, 
in this order or in this direction. Um, sunscreen, frankly, you know, to, to many of my friends that are working in the industry have said, wow, like you really surprised us on this one. I mean, it's just a totally different category that, you know, took us over a year to get FDA Why the sunscreen business? So it it really was uh, going back to, you know, customer experience, my own customer experience initially. So I grew up in Arizona and had way too much sun and found that, you know, while I wanted to wear sunscreen, there were certain ingredients in sunscreens and most sunscreens that I came across that actually I was very nervous about putting them on my skin. So oxybenzone and parabens in particular, I really wanted to remove those from any sunscreens or um, makeup products that I was using. And I found that it was really difficult to find a sunscreen that didn't have those two ingredients in it. So you could buy at a dermatology office, you could buy products without those ingredients in it, but they were typically like $45 a bottle. And I thought that's crazy expensive. Like even if you could afford to, to spend that for a bottle of sunscreen, that's nuts. So I uh, I really wanted to develop a sun a sunscreen at that point. Like again, was sort of joking around about it. That also smelled better because I felt like everything's unscented, and I like scent. <laughs> like I like wearing something with that really really smells good. So, uh, so we used our essences that we're using in the waters to scent the sunscreen as well, and. I think it's going to be known as the best smelling sunscreen on the market. I'm so excited. I mean, you're looking at the grapefruit right now. It's We have grapefruit, pineapple, and pear. And it's so exciting. So it sounds like your process is essentially you take your problem, whatever the thing is that's the problem, Mm -hmm. and then you look at the ingredients, and that's where you're finding your solution. What else can you disrupt? What are the other areas? What are you looking at now? Well, I think we don't know, right? Like, I think there's there's a lot of things. And, and frankly, I think coming from a background of Silicon Valley, that it's just, you know, it's just the way that I, I've, it's the way that I grew up, but it's also the way that I think about things constantly. And, and frankly, I think just being able to look at something and say, I can do better than this. I mean, that's what great entrepreneurs do, right? They go into an industry and and really try and find a better way to do it. When I talk to other young entrepreneurs about, you know, products that they're doing, whenever they say to me, oh, it's a, it's a product, it's like, you know, Spanx, or it's like vitamin water, or whatever, I'm like, if you could actually say that in your 30-second elevator pitch, that it's just like that product, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Like, I really believe, like, unless you're solving a problem in any industry, then there's a low chance that you're going to actually be able to go and do that product. So I think that that's what that's why I did sunscreen. I don't know that we'll, you know, go do diapers tomorrow because it's not something that I'm really that interested in, frankly. <laughs> and so I, I really believe grapefruit scented diapers. Yeah, not probably not mine, but there's the, there's a number of other products that we would be really, really excited to change. I ask everybody this question because I think we all hear the best advice, but there's a lot of bad advice out there as well. And I'm sure you've come across a lot of bad advice. What's the worst advice anyone has given you along your journey? So hire people that have industry experience is is something that it was probably the biggest mistake 
that I made in in the early years. And I think that the challenge is, is when you hire somebody who, you know, has this big industry experience, if you're bringing these people into a startup that doesn't have a lot of resources, uh, in the case of beverage, that there aren't a lot of trucks that you can rely on, you're you're putting a puzzle together as to how people can actually get your product, right? Like, it just doesn't work, right? And and I think instead hire really smart people who believe that there's a problem and they're willing to invest time into trying to solve that problem in any industry. I think that that's really, really important. Kara Golden, thank you so much thank for joining so us. Thank you so Rebecca. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of No Limits. Remember, if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends. And here's a little taste of what's coming up next week. I certainly had a few people, men and women, kind of, you know, say something like, you know, don't worry, honey, your time will come. So when you heard that, what did you do? I didn't listen to it. I just (laughs) kept at it. Special thanks to the incredible team here at ABC News Radio that helps make this happen. Taylor Dunn, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelb, Michelle Boncardo, Steve Jones, Annie Osakwe, and Elizabeth Hecht. And join me next Tuesday for an all-new episode of No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. Until then, take care, be well. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.